ever been the type to make amends. If shit was at an eight, we like to, we like to, we like to. Welcome to the pod, everybody. I am Colin. I am doing the uh, the intro this time because I matter yeah. and no longer just need to say hello. And uh, along with me is the 24-7 sports writer for football and basketball, Matthew Bruni. Matthew, How's say hi. How's doing today? Colin, oh. you did a great job introing this. Thank you. I probably should have said my last name when I said my name, but yeah. hey, it's on, it's on the new look stream now. Yeah. So now y'all know my last name. Yeah, if you're not looking at this stream, you, you should be. It's a... Uh, it's good. It's it's really good. It's really good. Spoiler. Um, yeah. Hope hope you like hope you like Drake opening us up there. Thank thanks Drizzy for <laughs> for starting this podcast off. Oh, uh, so we are about not even probably about twenty hours removed from North Texas defeating Rice. Uh, this is gonna be a fun podcast because North Texas. Didn't perform as well as we thought they were going to, but they ended up getting the win. And also, PSA is that we're going to have the basketball podcast right after this. I am beyond excited for the basketball So pod. we're going to be killing two birds with one stone. And just by that, I mean one sitting. We'll be doing both of them in one sitting. So we're going to do the football <laughs> podcast now. That'll be streamed. And then we'll do the ba- basketball podcast after, about 10 minutes after. And that will be streamed as well. Yes, presumably. Yes. All right. Yeah. Also, we'll... also disclaimer: we're not going to be doing football and then basketball right after. It's normally going to be on Mondays, but we're both busy tomorrow. So correct. We're we'll we'll try... go. We'll go over that in the in the basketball. Yeah, pod. for sure, for sure. So this is the football podcast, and we thank you all for joining us. We are North Texas goes into a bye week next week, and they go into a seven and two for the first time since 1978. Yes. Since, uh, I believe, what was the name? Hayden Fry was the name of the coach back in 1978. The legend himself. He was I, on the field. He was. He was. That was big news. Um, I'm not sure if Fry Street is named after him. I did not even think about but, that, but that would be legendary if it was. I'm assuming he is, and we're going to go with that. What if he partied he on Fry Street? Probably at like did. However old he was. After like after 70. some dubs, he just goes out to Fry Street. <laughs> he just went to Fry Street <laughs> just last went night. went to Fry Street and Hayden raged. Fry on Fry? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Uh, but... 72 like i said best start since 1978 um this team is now three and two in conference and like we said before they're probably not going to win conference but i mean if they end up 10 and two or even i mean even nine and three at this point you're still looking at a very successful season for this team so north texas winning against rice and rice is kind of the polar opposite brand new coach um brand new offense brand new everything they kind, are kind of like what north texas was looking like a couple years ago with yeah Luttrell. yeah except Two years ago with Latrell, I mean, you you still at least had capable players, and Fair I mean, point. Rice had capable players. Rice didn't look terrible for a lot of the game. I mean, it was seventeen to seventeen, almost at the end of the third quarter, but sad. North Texas pulled away in the fourth quarter, outscoring Rice twenty-one to zero, and beat the Owls forty-one to seventeen overall on homecoming. Colin, what what do you think about the homecoming festivities? The festivities are really great. That tailgating area, tailgating was great. That was they even they were out there after the game. Yeah, they were going, they were going but crazy. Du- but during the game, I don't know about that. Uh, 25, 25, 22, it was, it person was crowd. But hey, we, we're not we're not going to rant about it this week. Yeah, we're just, not we just want our point to be known. Yeah. So if if you um if you thought that crowd yesterday was above was was adequate for a homecoming game. 
we can't i don't think we can argue at this point any much because i feel like there were more i'd have to go look it up but i feel like there were more people at last year's homecoming game against utep well i mean just look i mean de- there definitely was because the Maybe. i don't know what you want to call it the upper bowl area yeah. of the student section side that was filled during utep because i was i was actually watching the game up there yeah and this year it was just kind of you know sparsely populated mm-hmm. and uh yeah support um, your team guys so yeah so uh yeah like you said we're not going to be beat a dead horse there was recorded or there was an announced twenty five thousand people in attendance if i had to guess it probably peaked at around 22 probably averaged out about 17 18 for the game so you know whatever um analytical bernie there yeah there you go (laughs) um but it was it was a night where i was hoping i told you before the game i was like two things i want two things to happen I want North Texas to win this game because obviously if, if we lose this game, we were joking that we got to cancel the podcast because that would be atrocious if they lost. And I said, I want Mason Vine to pass for 350 yards because Close. that would break the all-time season record or not all-time career record. I'm sorry. And one of those things came true. North Texas won and Mason Fine passed for 333 yards. So he's 17 yards short of the all-time passing records in North Texas history, as far as yardage goes. So he'll break that in Virginia. Uh, he'll complete one pass, and it'll be broken. And so that kind of sucks that he didn't get that opportunity to break in front of Apogee fans and his home crowd. But it, Just let uh, Quinn start and have him come back home fresh. Right. <laughs> they shouldn't need him against – oh, no, I'm sorry. Two weeks they play – Oh no! Two weeks they play Old Dominion. Yeah. So and yeah. then it's FAU and yeah. then UTSA. Yeah. Yep. Three games left. Man, this season's gone. This season's flown by. I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah. No, it really honestly has. Um, We're already nine games in. It's uh. So they have a bye, and then they have ODU, U- FAU, and UTSA. The last home game of the year is going to be FAU, but this win, I've just felt like it was important to just get it over with in a way. Yeah. I mean, coming off last week's loss, this team, Seth said it after the game that he felt like this team doesn't do well when they're stressed out or when they're pressing. And, I mean, that really shows because Rice came out and scored the first first possession. Their first possession, yeah. they walked down the field and uh, punched North Texas in the face. So there were um, there were plenty of times where North Texas looked like they were pressing or they weren't sure about themselves or they were kind of worried that are we really tight with rice right now yeah and rice hung around so i mean they took advantage of some north texas turnovers and um and drops and so i i feel like rice we knew coming into the game or no we knew coming into the game north texas was going to win and they did uh they ended up winning by 24 points or 20 i can't count 20 yeah 24 points Good job. Instead of their, uh, the line was 30, so they didn't cover. So um, I said 50 to 0. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I said I said You something. said like I said 49 to 3. To three. I said like said 49 something. to 3 or something. Yeah. So, um, we were off, but we also just expected North Texas to do what they did in the fourth quarter in the first quarter. Yeah, and, and it's, it's weird because... It, it's like you said it, it seems like expectations are starting to like kind of get to this team in a way that it's you know making them feel like like you said we're tied with rice and yeah. kind of during the utep game like utep's keeping up with us mm-hmm. and uh it all almost i feel like the team will get used to it obviously because i mean this team hasn't experienced any type of expectation of any kind since i yeah. guess mid 2000s <laughs> uh so i mean 
it was a 41-17 win, but it was not a very convincing one. No. And, uh, I mean, they didn't. it was 20-17 to 17 going into the fourth quarter, and I guess that goes into our, our little first new segment there, late surge. I mean, it was just kind of like after they scored that touchdown to go 27-17 that Rice was just like, okay, there's no way. Because, I mean, they went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Yeah, so after um, I wrote about this in the game story, that touchdown to put them up 27-17 is pretty much what won them the game, and it happened – on a series where it looked like they were not going to get anything going because they started on their five-yard line and it was third and eight on their seven and they ended up mason ended up hitting michael lawrence right on the first down marker and they got the first down yep and so you assume i mean if he gets seven yards there they punt and rice gets the ball in there you know around midfield so it's a it's a game of inches and after that play they settled in um and mason hit michael lawrence again down the seam for about 50 yards and just like that, they were in business, and uh, they were able to put put Rice away um, with a 27-17 to 17 lead because then Rice fumbled it, then North Texas scored again, then Rice went three and out, or ended up hunting, then DeAndre Torrey scored again. So yep. it's just like that. Um, the North Texas offense just needs a little bit of a spark and just needs to get that first first down, which they talk about all the time, Yeah, to start – getting some momentum and that's exactly what happened on that drive so that's why i wrote my whole game story about that drive pretty much because i felt like that was really the turning point and if they don't get that i still think they win the game but i mean this game goes down to the wire if they right. don't get that first down and you obviously don't want that against rice but i don't think anyone in the stadium felt that north texas was ever going to lose to rice even after that first touchdown even when they were tied and yeah. you could kind of see them struggling but again it wasn't very convincing i think and we've talked about this all season. The only real, like, convincing win where we're like, okay, this team's for real. Not saying that they're not for real, but I'm saying mm-hmm. where it's like across the whole board, they've they've made us, you know, think that, you know, they can go into any game and win it was that uh, Southern Miss game. And everything else is kind of like... Yeah, we're oh, talking this about te- this, in conference. Right. And we're like this... Te- or even the other games, it was like this team is just really bad or... Arkansas? As- other than Arkansas. Well, Arkansas, we did we did say that they were bad because Cole Kelly was bad and guys. But like right, that was I mean, bad, but, but still, it's an SEC team. Yeah, but SMU was SMU. A we similar. we said about the we said about the receivers being gone. So I mean, there was an excuse yes. for every game. I feel like for us, yeah, where we were like, okay, it was the receivers. Okay, it was Cole Kelly being really bad against for Arkansas. Okay, it was Incarnate Word. It was pouring and because rain it was Incarnate Word too. No, that was Liberty. Uh, Liberty. I'm sorry. Liberty yeah. was pouring rain and and everything. Uh, but yeah, I do agree. The Southern Miss win was probably one of the, one of the more convincing wins. But and this game reminded me a lot of UTEP in a in a sense that they. But I don't think it was I don't think it was for the same reasons as UTEP though. I feel I like agree. UTEP was a hangover effect. This game was more of just like Rice got off to a good start and then the offense just started pressing. Like it was like more in this game. It wasn't it didn't have anything to do with last week's loss to UAB. Agreed. So, I agree with that. Uh, I feel like. But back to Mason Fine in the sense that I think that all right, here's here's what I want to say about this offense is that DeAndre Torrey, he averaged eight point seven yards per carry last um last night. Yeah. The running backs as a whole with him and Evan Johnson, I mean Evan Johnson had two carries for thirty yards and Evan, and Jalen Darn had one carry for seven yards. So the running game was extremely effective. But yeah. Why was it that in the first three quarters, it was still effective in the first three quarters, but they couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball effectively at a consistent basis. This offense, no matter how good the run game is, just depends on Mason Fine being able to beat people 
over the top or or carve up defenses, no matter how good the run game is. I agree. Um, DeAndre Torrey can have a great out, outing, 15 carries for 30, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Those two touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns, I'm sorry, on the ground. Two of those came in the fourth quarter on the ground. It just feels like it's a different team when they're trying to run the ball like that. I mean, Mason Fine taking over and beating people over the top, especially Rice, who gave up over the top plays a lot. Yeah, I mean, you had Rico, I think, twice. Twice. At least once, yes. Or once, and then the other one was... Uh, yes, yes, was a medium Was game. a medium pass, and he kind of ran it. And then you had Michael Lawrence over the top as well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I agree. I... It's 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 weird too because like you talk about it's not like the run game had it. I mean they had a great day. Yeah. I mean they scored uh, three touchdowns and it seems like every game it takes Mason Fine to win a game. It doesn't seem it does. like it doesn't. I mean other than the Arkansas game where that we we both said that the defense kind of and the special teams kind of sure. won that game for them. For sure. Every game has seemed like okay, Mason, can you go out there and win that game for us? Mm-hmm. You know it's not it's not. DeAndre Torrey can win that game for us. It's not Lauren Easy can win that game. Obviously, yeah. though, because you know quarterbacks are more important. But you, no one's saying just run the ball to win the game. Yeah, I mean the only games like you said were probably Arkansas with defense and uh, Liberty since it was pouring rain and windy all the time. But the, I mean that was just kind of striking to me is that the run game was so effective for the whole game, and yet in the fourth quarter when they needed a score, it was like Mason better be passing this ball. Like, Mason right. better be getting the ball to Jalen Darden, to Jalen Guy, and to Rico Bussey. Like, he better be passing this, or Michael Lawrence. I don't want to see DeAndre Torrey. I mean, not no offense. This is probably more of offense to the offensive line than DeAndre Torrey is that in the fourth quarter, when you need a score, I don't I don't trust the offensive line to block that well for DeAndre Torrey on multiple, multiple occasions. I agree. Um, I'd, I'd rather have Mason Fine drop back to pass. And he had probably his worst game of the season. Mason Fine? I mean, outside of the Liberty game? Yeah, and the stats kind of don't really show that. Um, but, I mean, that first half, or th- beginning of the third quarter, I had texted him, and I was like, what are Mason's stats looking like right now? Because yeah. it just seemed like he was missing. And it was there were deeper throws that he was missing. It wasn't like any medium yeah, or he short missed, He missed one short one where he got mad at himself. He got I remember that. Upset. I do remember that, actually, now that you say something. But and I, I texted him, you're like, he's 10 for 21 for 108 yards. And it's like, yep. that's not very Mason-like. And that was when the team was struggling. True. And when Mason started to, you know, it was either between his receivers not dropping passes or him hitting his targets or making the right reads. That's when the team was able to pull away. And it's it's Mason. It's like Mason has to be the best he can possibly be every single week in order for this team to have a convincing win or to not be tied with a team, I mean, like Rice. Like Rice, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And UTEP, it was kind of similar. I remember the run game being really good against UTEP, mm-hmm. and Mason had to ended up, having a good game there and winning that game so i mean that's that was kind of my uh, a takeaway i had from the game is that just how good the run game was but it wasn't like it, it wasn't the run game that made me think or late in the game i didn't think man let's just run the ball let's get right. five yards six yards five yards six yards because if they did that then it would be fine because you take more time off the clock even yeah it was like man we really just need mason to go be mason out there so that was kind of a takeaway i had from the game no it yeah was, i completely agree it was it was an interesting it was an interesting development because the offensive line couldn't even block for him for the majority of the game until i guess yeah. the fourth quarter they kind of started they started doing better they gave up two sacks on the opening drive the offensive line did and then they gave up one more sack a few um, quarterback hits for sure yeah and they gave up some quarterback hits as well so i mean the offensive line definitely didn't have a great game pass blocking run blocking i think they were fine which was evident in DeAndre Torrey's stats. Like we said before, DeAndre Torrey needs some space, and he got some space. 
So it was kind of a weird dynamic that the offensive line was so good run blocking, but then pass protection was just non-existent. Like Rice was getting there with four people, four on five. Rice yeah. was getting there. Yeah. So, and Mason took some hits. Mason took a hit on a throw. I thought his shoulder was messed up. Uh, he got low hit. He got like um. He had a couple roughing corner. The I don't remember if it was a corner or an end or somebody came unblocked and just. Went dove at his leg. Yeah, that was like, the rough thing. Like, okay, let's relax, man. Yeah, <laughs> like damn, that's just cheap. So, and I mean, as as a result, Mason didn't have a great game. Eighteen to thirty-five passing, but he had three hundred thirty yards of on those eighteen completions, which is over eighteen yards a pass. Yeah, which is six yards over his average. Yeah for the season so that that kind of tells you what rice is and we knew that going in because we, we knew rice gives up the big play we saw that against uab yeah um who by the way beat rice 42 to zero yeah so yeah another reason why this north texas season conference season has not gone the way that they've hoped it to go yeah uh, yet the uh man mason is mason still didn't throw an interception i <laughs> know and there was one pl- one throw or because i was on the other end zone and i was like he threw it. I forgot who he threw it. I think it was Darden. Or no, yeah, it was Darden. He, he threw it, and it was like he Darden was surrounded. And I thought he threw a pick, and I was like, Mason, no. But he, it was just. I mean, he has it. Mason is such an accurate passer. It's unbelievable because throws that you don't like, you think are just going to get picked off. Mm-hmm. It's. It just. He, he <laughs> it, usually it, puts it, it only where his receiver can get it. Right, and, and it's, it's it's crazy how he can do that consistently on a week by week by week by week basis. I mean, his throw of the game was a throw to Michael Lawrence and yeah. start of the fourth quarter that went fifty yards. That was just handed to him. Yeah, 50, 40 yards down the field. I mean, whew, that and that was, was a amazing. forty yard throw. That wasn't you know with twenty yard and he ran for another third. I mean, yeah. Michael Lawrence fell right whenever he caught the ball. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. Again, you can't say enough good things about Mason Fine. So. That. All right. Well, hey, leave it there. Um, <laughs> let's get to let's get to the. the you want to get to the drops or you want to get to Tori? I I I think we'll just kind of since we just talked about you know the receivers. Let's let's talk about the drops. Okay. Because like we said, Mason Fine somewhere around either it was at halftime or at the beginning of the third quarter, ten for twenty one for hundred yards and a touchdown. Only those halftime. Okay. Um. Probably three of those were drops. Yeah. Three of those, a five or ten incompletions were dropped. I counted. Yeah, I I wrote down. I was trying to keep track of drops. I was trying to watch them intently, <laughs> and r- mark them down. And I had four drops on the game. I could see a fifth, but I mean, I, it was kind of a tougher play. And there was one of them, obviously, with Rico Rico Bussy, who just straight dropped it in yeah. the middle field. On nobody was around him. Yeah, no one was him. even around him. Uh, there was a second one. I think it was Jalen Darden. Who usually I think has some of the best hands on the team or consistent hands on the team. I think Jalen dropped one that was catchable, and then there were a couple other ones that were like iffy, but mm-hmm. still, I mean, those are they they were catchable in a way. So I had four drops. I could see maybe five, or I could see three even, but somewhere around there. So you add those to Mason's stats, it looks a whole lot different. If he goes twenty-two or thirty-five, then eighteen or thirty-five. So yeah, um, the drops. The thing is, we knew. I asked Mason after the game if Rice was trying to take away some of the shorter his rhythm passes, since they give they clearly give up big plays. Like that's yeah, I mean they clearly like, want to make you go over the top for some reason because it works. Yeah, <laughs> and because teams do it on them. So 
I asked if they did anything special to take away his rhythm throws or like make it difficult on him. He said, no, I just need to hit those throws. I need to be better. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like, cause even on the short passes when they were open, I felt like there were drops or I felt like Mason put him in a good spot, but I'm just, this, this, this receiving core is really good, but they're not going to be great until they get consistent on the hands and they're, they're running out of time this season to start impressing me with that I yeah mean, i mean there's four games left yeah there's four games left so they um i've this receiving core is good we all yeah agree on that. yeah i mean they're good at getting separation they're good at making plays after they catch the ball um they're good at they i mean they they know they're smart they can settle down into zones they can beat their man one-on-one if it's man-to-man but i mean just some of the inconsistencies with their hands and some of the inconsistencies they have Getting separation, whether it's Guyton or Bussy or um, Lawrence, even is kind of just kind of makes it difficult on Mason yeah, at times. I agree, and like we said last week, we we both kind of think that Jalen Darden's probably the most consistent receiver out of everyone. When we into the season, we thought that Jalen Guyton would kind of be you know come out of his slump that he was toward the last season. And I wish, I mean, Guyton only had two catches for sixteen yards, and I'm not, I wasn't able to watch it from the top. One was a nice catch on the sideline. I remember, that's the only catch I remember. I didn't even remember, remember the second catch. So, yeah. It's a... Uh, sorry, I'm looking at something. No, you're okay. The uh, The thing is... Also, I think I wanted to mention... Or I wanted to mention during the game, I wanted to make sure that Caleb Chumley got a shout-out for having two catches for 24 yards. And... I think we need to talk about that too. Like legit catches. He was, yeah, I mean, like, they were, hey, the, and that was at the end of the, the, end of the game on that last drive, right? On oh, one of them was, yes. But yeah. one of them was like second quarter, I believe. So, I mean, you, we have the receiving corps, we have the passing game, and then I, uh, I have a tab in my 10 takeaways that DeAndre Torrey is here, and DeAndre Torrey is here, and he's made his imprint on this team. And so that was uh, quite the showing from Tory. Man, he just continues to impress me. I, uh, I, it's funny because when when Lauren Easley went down, I was I was very worried. And we both were. I still don't think I still don't think DeAndre Tory is a great back or anything like that. But he is just continues to gain confidence, and he's just elusive, man. Yeah, in the open field, he's. I mean, he's gonna make multiple his people miss. Amazing. One yeah. of his his early t- touchdown was amazing. Um on the ground and he had a receiving touchdown and I think the main thing I want to take away from this game is that how much better he's getting as an overall player pass blocking I've seen, I saw him make a couple blocks that yeah. were huge I mean if he gets that down he's takes another step forward because coming into it I, I remember talking to him I remember talking to other running backs that he came in super raw as a pass blocker so that was a big thing for him to start improving yeah. and to start choice a running backs coach is a huge asset in that department. So, um, shout out to them because his pass blocking was really good last um, last night. Because the off- like I said, the offensive line needed help, and he was there a lot of time. He had a rece- receiving touchdown that for about five yards. I mean, it was a touchdown nonetheless. And on the ground to be averaging eight point seven yards a carry against. I mean, Rice brings down people. They try. It's. They don't. They don't. They give up the big play because a lot of times they're not. Um, their linebackers are down, or they bite on play action and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not like it's a. It's not a good defense. We're not right, going to act yeah. like it's a good defense. Yeah. But it's not a defense that 
usually gives up big plays on the ground. If anything, it's, it's usually in the air. So, uh, so again, I was impressed with DeAndre Torrey's performance overall. Yeah, and I think, I mean, going into the season, we didn't think, we thought he'd be third on the running back rotation in terms of yeah, we did. where he'd be as a runner. Um, and, he, like, I mean, he's made strides since Lauren Easley's been injured. And we've seen him a lot more in the, I guess, in the kind of first and goal type of situations mm-hmm. where he's able to punch the ball in. And he's a small guy. Yeah. He's, he's like five foot seven, but he's he's been able to get. You know those long plays, and even just punching it in, and not having to rely on a Mason, uh, Mason to pass it or just QB draw on the outside. It's amazing. This offense almost put a 500 yards on Rice, and I don't have the box score of the first three quarters, but I think in the first three quarters they had 320 yards, which is still really good. And they they just couldn't. I don't. They had the turnovers, so I think that's what I wanted to bring up next. They were able to move the ball pretty effectively. They, I mean, they only punted twice. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. They had a missed field goal. They, I mean, they attempted three field goals. They made two. Missed the uh, 44-yarder. Cole did. But then you had the two turnovers, which one of them was Rico Bussey trying to return a kickoff. Bad. I was very confused. You were very upset in the I was press very, box. Yes, I was upset. <laughs> and I was like, why is... I just turned to you and I'm like, why is Rico Bussey returning kickoffs? I've never... I can't remember the time, the last time Rico Bussey returned a kickoff, and I don't want to remember the last time <laughs> Rico Bussey returned a kickoff. And so, DeAndre Torrey was back there as well, um, and then Anthony White had a fumble as well in the in the second quarter, I believe. I believe it was the second quarter, and he, it was kind of his first time getting the ball. So yeah, he's he's not out there a lot. Yeah, I and mean, Seth mentioned. Well, that. the thing is, Nick Nick Smith was injured. Nick Smith was, you know with was what? out. I do not know with what. Okay. They, uh, people don't answer my calls. And so <laughs> I don't I don't know. I tried getting as much information as I could. But uh, that kind of goes into our changes segment that we'll we'll get into in a second. But Anthony White, I'm not sure how. I mean, again, Seth mentioned after the game. You just get guys in there that they just want to make so many plays. Like Rico Bussing on a kick return. He's like, oh, this is cool. Let's go return this to the house. And then he gets hit once. Fumbles. And he fumbles it. Anthony White gets in the game, probably an early catch for him, fumbles. I mean, I think it was the – they said it was the first time all year that they lost the turnover battle, I believe, because the other two, UAB and La Tech um, – UAB was 1-1, one one, right? I said it, They said it was 1-1, one one and then it was 2-2 two two against La Tech. So uh, this was the first time they actually lost it, which I'm not sure how alarming it is, but considering it's Rice isn't, isn't great. I mean, just yeah. how, and, how – And then DeAndre Torrey also had a fumble that was recovered by – Yeah. And I don't think it was for a lack of focus either. I just think that this team struggles at times when their backs are against the wall. So, I mean, just how, how concerning is this loss? Or is this, this loss? loss? Whoa. Whoa. Is okay. this win? Is this win? Because I, I it, was talking about the UAB it, and LaTeX Yeah, losses, and, it, and it's why. weird to say that to a 41-17 win. blowout over a team. Um, but, no, I mean, it is, it is slightly concerning because – and I guess this is because we, we both – hyped up the team and we're hyped up about the team coming into Correctly the season. So. Uh, yeah, and I mean when you after four games when you beat Arkansas, I think that was forty four to seventeen, if I'm not mistaken. Yes it was. Um you think that this team I mean we thought they'd run the table. I mean we thought there was a chance they we thought there was the a table. chance to run the table. There yes. was we probably we said there was gonna be one loss somewhere down there. Yeah. Anyways, but I mean this was not convincing at all. Um, we saw we saw the team struggle early and we saw Rice 
Rice was. It's not like Rice went down the field and scored on three consecutive times or anything like that. I mean, Rice Rice got the ball back, and like I said, they they uh, North Texas turned the ball over. Um, they also forced a fumble that was recovered by North Texas. So I mean, mm-hmm. I just think it shows that this team is a lot more shaky than than what we thought it would be. We thought it would be a yeah. lot more sound because it is everyone's returning. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a major part of this team that was leaving because of them being seniors. Yeah, and there were no signs of this in the off season, in the preseason, I should say, in the non conference season, I guess you could, say, yeah. you could call it. They were shellacking everybody. And, I like that word. Thank you. And the discipline was there from the start. The the thing is, when you look at Rice's touchdowns, I mean, you have the first touchdown that went for 11, 11 plays, 75 yards. Yep. That's, 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 um, n- they mentioned after the game, Joe Zogu mentioned after the game that it kind of woke them up, you know, it kind of gets them like, damn, that's hard. That's, that's bad to give up a but, touchdown like that. But when you say that, they shouldn't have to be woken up. Does that make sense? Yeah, like but I feel like that's why this team is is kind of shaky, because you have to you have to get woken up for a team like Rice when you should just be. I mean, you could you could argue that for the UAB game they just all of a sudden just didn't quit, but kind of just like oh we're up twenty one to ten we're just going to continue doing what we're doing type of thing. Yes, like a mental a mental lapse of sorts. Not <laughs> it's funny because. Last year we were talking. We would talk about how mentally strong that team was. Right, last year. because they came back from so many. They kept winning games where they were down or where they. It was the close game, and now this year it's like you're barely winning games. You're supposed to win by a lot, and you're you're losing games that are close to UAB and La Tech. So now it's right. like you question the mindset of the team, even though theoretically it's another year in self the trust system. It's another year together. It's another year with the same exact coaches. If anything, your mindset should be sharper you should be more disciplined it it should be more of the same type of thing but i don't want to exclude the fact that i mean close games there's a lot of luck involved there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of variables yeah but i think in uab it's it's different than the lot tech in the lot tech game i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh the team had a mental lapse because lot tech's a good team but uab when you're up 21 to 10 you can't i I mean mason's fumble whatever you want to call that i mean it's just on top of you know yeah signs that we've seen with this team about can this team make plays in close games? And there haven't, unfortunately, there haven't been enough close games to really see that. But the two that they have had, it's kind of yeah. We're not going to count UTEP and Rice as yeah. close games because those are two of the worst teams in FBS. Right. To be quite honest. Uh, to be honest, completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely honest. They are. They're not good teams at all. So if you you can't point to this game and say, oh, it was a three point game going to the fourth quarter and say it was a close game because th- Rice and again Rice and. UTEP are not teams that I look at to be on the same Tier. in the same atmosphere yeah. as North Texas yeah. and UAB and Louisiana Tech and good teams in Conference USA. So that's why I don't include them in close games. But I mean, that's just it was just just thinking about that. It's interesting because last year you every game was a close game. every game was a close game and every game they won it seemingly. Uh, yeah, like I've, I've said it before, all five of their losses were blowouts, and so. Yeah. They win their close games, and then they just lost to teams that were better than them. Why, this, why do you think that, though? Like, what, 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 why do you think? Why do you think that this team is so much different in close close game scenarios, or uh, I guess pressure scenarios than last season? The thing, the thing that strikes me about this team is that I really think that the drops from the receivers are kind of a symbol of what this team should be. Like the receivers are kind of. Yeah. symbol like you just have so much talent on this team and yet sometimes for some reason they just drop the ball 
Right. Like, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't it doesn't add up to why good receivers are dropping the ball and why good um good good players are either fumbling the ball like Mason Mason fumbling the ball or or you have a blocked field goal at the end of a Louisiana Tech game when you should theoretically be mo- the most disciplined of any point in the game on the last play of the game to right. win it. You shouldn't be having blown assignments like that to let a guy come free off the edge like it's yep. just weird things that are happening uh you shouldn't give up a 21 to 10 lead to uab and um and basically and not score the thing <laughs> is yeah the, well, yeah not score at all the thing is is that last year you had the drive against utsa uh this year you go against uab who is utsa's defense last year was legit yeah like, they, they, had, had, they had that linebacker Davin, they had davenport they had tawefa um they had guys that was a legit defense. Yeah, that, was, that, that wasn't one of the worst teams. No, that was conference. a good team. No, they're not like UTSA this year. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were actually good. And they drove 98 yards in a minute on them. And you could say that's, you know, it's luck. It's it, A lot of that is luck. A lot of it is circumstantial um, scenarios where, you know, one blown assignment gives Michael Lawrence a, t- a sit, whatever the hell it was, 40 yards down yeah. the field. Yeah, But you go against UAB, who I would argue probably is – on the same level as that UTSA defense last year, and you're able to move the ball down the field, but you have doubled the time. You have you start at the 25 instead of the two. Yeah, there are just so many. They're just. I think I think we all that, listening and watching that game when Mason was in within the 10 when the team was within the 10 yard line, we were like, okay, they were inside gonna, the. Well, they, they okay, got they, to the four. Well, oh, on the fumble. Yeah. Oh, on yeah. That, on, on the, that on that drive. That wasn't the last drive though. I know, but I'm but saying yes, that that would have been the drive yes, yes, yes. that that yeah. basically could have sealed the win for them. Pending, I mean, hoping that the defense stops them. Lead, yes. Yeah. So we all thought, oh, Mason's going to score this, and they didn't. And we all thought at the La Tech game, oh, they're going to score on this drive. And then there was those two runs and the blocked <laughs> field goal, yeah. and you're sitting here wondering why. And yeah. it's weird because you you can't blame all of this on play calling. You, there's not one facet you can blame this on, but it's it's just the team has a different feel in those clutch scenarios that we're so used to seeing being you know exactly completed yeah um so like i was saying i mean i just think that the uab that drive kind of shows the difference between last year's team and this year's team last year's team i hate i hate uh questioning people's mentality i agree that makes sense i hate saying that somebody's not you know not driven Somebody's not disciplined, or somebody's not, unless they're clearly, obviously, yeah, that, or unless you're there every single day and you see them on a day-to-day basis not be disciplined in practice and stuff. So I don't like saying that people are not driven or not hungry or not disciplined, but it's just the feeling that this team kind of gives off is that they're not as hungry as last year's team, and that's a really strong statement. I don't want to make that statement, but that's kind yeah. of that's what they give off. That's the vibe that no, they give I, off. I, so and I, and I agree, and it's. Maybe it's because I mean I don't know why, but maybe it's because you know this team last year had no expectation. They had mm-hmm. they had everything to prove and nothing to lose. Exactly. This season, you're hyped up as the best team in the conference, by far. Yeah, you have the sixth best, best quarter- receiving core, you have the, the best, best quarterback, quarterback in conference, and yeah, and arguably Texas. Yeah. I mean, depending on yeah, who you ask. Yeah, top ten quarterback in the country, which yeah. he still is. But yeah, yeah. Yes. And, yeah I'm, I'm, Mason's been great. I'm not gonna sit here and say that Mason's not good, but it's it's completely different feeling. And I'm wondering if it's not because that this team was just, you know, it's hard to deal with expectation. And it is hard. We've seen it in sports. It's hard to to one-up yourself in a way. So we saw, let's let's use the example, the Cowboys th- 
two years ago when they made the um, the playoffs 13 and, and had a bye. 13-3. Yeah. Had a bye Dak and Zeke's first year. Like you said, no expectations. You go into the playoffs. You play a good Green Bay team. You lose close game, whatever. You, you think next year is going to be the year. You know, next year, they're going to be a year better right. than everything. And it just doesn't work out like that. A lot of times in sports, it does not work out like that. Rockets last year. Yeah, take the Warriors yeah. to seven. <laughs> I mean, this year they are what one and four, one and five, yeah. something, something like that. It's tough. It just doesn't. Sports is weird in the sense that people think that a team is going to reach a certain point because they're young. Mason finds a sophomore. You're young. You Rico Bussy, uh, sophomore. Yeah, sophomore. Jalen Guyton, sophomore. I mean, that you get almost all the offensive line back. I mean, right? There's, <laughs> there's there's just so many things pointing to this team being. And for right, rightfully so, rightfully being ten and two somewhere like that, like, and especially after they won the first four games, like, <laughs> it's just amazing that this team through four games was four and zero, beating the hell out of everybody, and there was not a problem in the world. We couldn't find a problem. Let's go back and listen to our podcast after the Arkansas game. Yeah, we 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 sat here and said, okay, this team is for real because yeah. we saw the offense struggle and the defense again. We were questioning dominate. if this team was ever going to lose the game again. Yeah, and yeah. now we're at the point where we're like. We they could just, still lose one more. We were just we were just close with Rice. Like, exactly. It's um it's completely different. So that's why I wanted to, I don't like questioning the hunger of this team because we see it in sports all the time. We see right. we see every year a team who did really good the last year underperform for some reason and we don't know why. Uh but it just happens in sports. So yeah. Um, that's why I'm not. It's not just a North Texas thing. So you can't just say, "Oh, North Texas is undisciplined." Tell the yeah. is undisciplined. Something, some, some, some. It's it happens a lot. So yeah. that's why I'm not gonna say this team's not hungry. But that's the vibe they give off. And I and I and I agree. And I think the only person I think at the end of last season, you could only sit here and say that the only person you think might have a kind of whatever you want to call it slump would be Mason because he exactly. had such a great year. But Mason's outperforming everybody. Mason's been fucking. <laughs> amazing <laughs> um but mason's yes. been mason's outperforming his last season we went over that and we expected rico to have a better season we expected jalen to have his bounce back season and we yeah. expected you know it's been hit or miss but i mean that's what yeah. you expect you don't expect everybody yeah and, you, and you're not gonna sit here and be like okay i want rico to now you know get 1200 <laughs> yards on the season exactly. along with jalen but you expect some improvement and not any uh i don't know the word i guess deep regression regression yeah there you go regression you don't expect regression in a team that is this talented across the board and it's it i think it's just important to note that you know you could argue if this i, I never, never mind i'm not going to go into into theoreticals okay, okay. <laughs> yeah i'm not going to yeah. go into theoreticals let's not let's not <laughs> but um so it, like like we said it'll be an interesting next three games yeah for sure before the bowl game old dominion easy win theoretically uh, FAU really competitive. FAU game at lost home. to UAB by the way. Um, and La Tech, but they lost to UAB last week. They lost to La Tech this week. Oh, was it on, this week? On on Friday or Thursday or Friday they lost to La Tech. Oh, Friday. That, that was La Tech. Friday okay. they lost to La Tech. Twenty-one thirteen. Yeah, they lost um, to La Tech. They so. lost the quarterback too. I think. Oh, they didn't. I'd I have to go check it again. Yeah. Um, um, and then they play UTSA, which again should be an easy win. Exactly. But it's weird to say that we can't. You can't guarantee that with can't this team now. Him. Nope. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, the thing is this team can still end up ten and two, like we said. Yeah, ten and two will be a great season. Which is yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, an, yeah, it's okay to go ten and two. Yeah, and they'll <laughs> have a great chance in a bowl game if they go ten and two to face a real team, and we'll see 
how they go against can, the real team. Yeah, we'll see if they can step up against them. Um, after everything they've been through, after the roller coaster season they've been through, where right now it feels like you're at a low point right now with a loss and a poor performance, even though you beat Southern Miss. Yeah. I don't it's it's interesting. I think I think the bowl game because say this team goes nine and three, ten and two, I think they still get a good team in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um I think that'll kind of be be the I guess the gauge of whether this team was the the team we saw in the first four weeks or the team we 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 are kind of seeing now, depending on who they play, um, mm-hmm. I think that'll be very important for the image of looking back on this team after the season's over. For sure, um, I do want to talk a little bit about the defense, the North Texas defense. The uh, Wiley Green started his first game for Rice, first game ever. <laughs> He's a freshman, and I thought he was really good. But I feel like that's kind of what we saw with uh, Jack Abraham from Southern yeah. Miss. Yes, he played last week too, by the way. Oh, he did I sure. I thought it was his first start. It, he just he came in at last week's oh, game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was yeah, his yeah. first start, but yes, yeah, second yeah. game. Okay. So he, he so he's he's played. Yeah. So he's 20 he went 21 to 37 for 200 yards, 204 yards, one touchdown with two sacks. And a touchdown run. And a touchdown run. Yeah, on the QB draw or the QB um read whatever, option. Yeah, whatever Sorry. you want to call it. <laughs> the uh again, I think it was the same scenario as Southern Miss. They were going to try to stop the run and they did stop the run. They Rice ended up running for about 2. Point seven yards of carry i believe and so they accomplished their goal and i think that rice only had that one long drive to start the game their other two drives were like 39 yards and like 26 yards because one was a fumble and one was uh what was the other one 39 yard it was the uh oh they were both fumbles and yeah, the white fumble was the 39 yard drive and the yep. rico bus fumble was like the 24 yard drive so um i don't think the phone the defense again Another good outing by the defense. You can't really say too much about them. Yeah. There were a lot of changes, though, and we'll get into the changes after we touch on this defense. Uh, Joe Ozogu had seven tackles, had one sack, had two tackles for loss, had one forced fumble. Uh, it's glad to see. It's good to see that my preseason prediction for Joe is finally coming true. He's a monster. Because <laughs> he's really good. Uh, also, Kimon Hall started once again. I think he was better. Um I do think that again. Him, this is against a Rice yeah, team, though, yeah. It so. is. It is against a Rice team. So Nate and Ke- and Nate and Kimon kind of were did what they did against Southern Miss is that they gave up the cushions, they gave up the six seven yard throws consistently, and they just didn't get beat over the top. They had, I think, they had one big play. Rice. I'm trying. To, yes. Uh, they had a 35 yard pass. Yep. That was the big play. Other than that, they didn't have another play go over 20 yards. So. Which is great. Which is which is what Refit has done these last few games, starting with Southern Miss, I think, and UTEP. UTEP even, uh, just don't get beat over the top and make them work. Even though they gave up those seven to eight yard passes consistently, guess how many uh, passing first downs uh, Wiley Green had? I'm trying to think. If this, if this, I'm trying to think. Go ahead. I think I don't even think he had one. He had one. Was it one? He had one, yes. Okay. He had one. It was that 30-yard pass. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Okay, so, but okay, outside so of that. I believe it was I believe it was one. I'd have to go double check the stats. I could I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I looked this morning and I was like, damn, he Well, they it, on when, most of the time it was like third and short. They ran, ran they Wildcat. Ran yeah. So they they ran so, the ball a ton. So Yeah. So. I wasn't too surprised, but still to get Wiley Green to pass the ball 37 times. Like for an offense like Rice, like they kind of takes them out of their comfort zone in a way. So, I was kind of, I was happy with the defense's performance again. I was pretty happy with uh, Refit's play calling and how he managed the game as a defensive coordinator. 
the uh, the thing is, there were a lot of changes. But before we get into that, um, I want to know what you thought about uh, offense coordinator Graham Harrell's play calling on the offensive end. Because on Twitter, people were ripping him. I didn't actually see any they look at Twitter they because I was him. just whatever. But that's I don't really think that his play calling was bad. I mean, I thought it was shaky at times. But they had the um, the main thing that they were the the main play that set them off was that when it was like third and seven, and they had uh, Graham had Mason in a quarterback draw. Oh, that went for like, I know what you're talking about. Went for and like he, and he no got the first yards. Down. Oh no 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 no, 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 no you're right. Yeah, he didn't down. get he went that. Went for like no yards, and then then they just started asking why we're running Mason so much. Like, so, I do okay. I the QB draw things. I and I talked to you about this. I think last night, or I talked to somebody about it. Why are we running Mason when he gets hit all the time? <laughs> like, I don't think true. we should be doing QB draws unless it's supposed to like unless it's to unless kind of add really... some, some, some trick some trickery to whatever your, the offense. But yeah, we saw two QB runs or QB draws back to back against UAB. We saw two back to back today or yet last night, I guess. Yeah, and then again. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on Mason's speed or anything, but he's not very effective in a QB draw. Exactly. And uh, I understand it's keep defense honest once a game. But it, but how how are you keeping it honest? I don't. I don't. I mean, well, I'm gonna. They, the thing is, a lot of their run sets are. Mason gives the ball to the running back out of the shotgun, but he keeps his hand in there, so it gives him the option to pull it out. Even if I don't know if he 100% has the option to pull it out, he. Could the defense thinks he could pull it out, and that's what got him hit a couple weeks ago. Yeah, remember when he yeah. took that shot when he kept it in there and then didn't have it, and boom, he got hit. That's kind of you, you just want to make the defense account for one more player, which is why I understand it theoretically. But I just think that you got to pass it on third. The design, the yeah, yeah that's that's, that's <laughs> let's just, let's get through that. That's if it's a question. third and more than five, or okay, it's third more than three, pass the ball. If you're trying to get a, a first down, and we talked about this last week, why are we running it on third down at all? And you you mentioned that, like, do <laughs> I, you, I forgot what the stat was. You mentioned against the first Rice. Downs. I understand it obviously because they were having so much success on the ground, but against good teams like FAU or whoever they play in the bowl game, your Mason Fine is going to have to be the catalyst of this offense. Like I said, to yeah, start the show, so. yeah. So, I I like again. I don't. Other than the weird runs, QB draws. <laughs> That Graham has at times, I don't think his play calling is bad. I think execution is a big thing, and I think that was a big thing for that first half was execution, drop passes, especially with the offensive line. Agree, yeah, and you can't blame any of that on Graham because Graham just draws up the play and they're supposed to execute it. So the only thing is those weird QB draws, and we talked about that last week and this week. Yeah. So I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't think I think Graham's done a good job. I mean, I can't, I can't, you can't sit here and be like, okay, Graham's done a terrible job because Graham is the reason why this offense is where it's at, along with Seth, obviously. Yes. And he's he's the reason why Mason is a top ten quarterback in the nation. He's the reason why this receiving core was so touted in the preseason. I mean, you have to give him credit where credits due. You yeah. can't sit here and be like, okay, he's running Mason on a QB draw. He's the worst offensive coordinator in the country. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So. All right, let's. I want to. I wanted to talk about these the changes that we saw um, in in personnel for North Texas because I'm not sure if everyone caught every single one. Okay. Um, it took me a while even to catch every single one, but the first thing that caught my I'm gonna go in order of what I saw. Okay. First thing I noticed was Mikhail Sanders in at safety for Taylor Robinson. I didn't see Taylor Robinson on the bench. Taylor Robinson is the starting safety usually for every game this he's season. He's done good this season. He's done. He's done well. 
Mikhail Sanders started for him and played every single snap, so it leads me to believe Taylor Robinson was either injured or something like that, even though I talked to him this week and I didn't see anything wrong with him. I talked to him after practice. You talked to Seth or anybody? Uh, no. Like I said, nobody answers my calls. Okay, okay. I try calling people and they don't answer. I'm sorry, so. Bernie. My sources are letting so, me... Sources let, are dried up. My sources are <laughs> dried up. So, uh, but anyways, Mikhail Sanders, I, um, I tried watching him for as much as possible. He... Uh, I didn't see him in man-to-man coverage too much. I don't know if Troy or if Refit didn't put him in that many situations in his first start. Uh, he came down on the run quite a bit, obviously, because Rice runs the ball a lot. So I felt like he was kind of pretty effective in that. Kyrie was even more effective. Kyrie was great. Um, but so that was the first thing that caught my eye. Second, secondly, with, on the defense was uh, Ulausi Tawalo, TJ, whatever you want to call him. Uh, the nose tackle, the typical nose tackle yep. on this defense. Uh, he came out for senior day and he was not in his uniform. He was, you know, and uh, he was just dressed normally. So that kind of caught my eye. And then he, so he didn't play. Roderick Young moved over to the nose tackle, and that's what Dion Noble started and Ladarius Hamilton. Good. Noble and Hamilton started on the, as the as the uh, edge guys. They're both pretty good. Noble is Noble has done a tremendous job. I don't have his exact stats. I'm I didn't see Bryce English play a lot this game. It's a good I point if you noticed that too. It's a good point. I'm trying to remember. I saw. I remember him a couple times, but I don't remember him frequently on the field, which is weird considering he should have theoretically, yeah, played a good amount with uh, Ulausi out. Um, So that was two. Third notice was that. Well, this kind of was late in the game, but whatever. On defense, is that JoJo had to have secured that Jack linebacker spot right now because Jamie King. I didn't see him, or maybe Jamie King was was held out or something. I don't know, but. Uh, I don't have the full defense stats in front of me, but Jamie King didn't get very much run at all. So Ozogu's kind of like I mean, these last two weeks have been he's been really good. <laughs> he's been a monster, and, and it's 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 hard to say that he's won the job with Jamie King doing so good early in the season. Yeah, that's why it's kind of <laughs> weird for everything to change so just drastically. change it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the thing is when you look at the nickel corner spot with Jameel Moore and Tyreek Davis, they swap out like a ton. They're like two yeah. plays, three plays, whatever. Swap, swap, swap. That that position feels like it's all right. You it's win the job for this a week. long time. You win yeah. the job this week. You're playing the whole game. You win the job next week. You're playing the whole game. Like it's kind of like yeah. that scenario. But so uh, again, I'm gonna look at all this stuff, and uh, it'll be in my ten takeaways once I find out. So check that out on 24/7 Sports. Whenever that is, whenever that comes out um, tonight. Offense, we saw some changes too, right? Yes, correct. The well, first of all, I want to mention that Nick Smith was injured. Yep. Again, my source has not answered me on that to why he what the injury the extent is. I will have that in my ten takeaways. So that's why you saw Anthony White out there. That's why you saw Evan Johnson get two carries. That's why you saw DeAndre Torrey get all the carries pretty much. And then the final change that I saw was on the offensive line, where I went back and looked this morning and it was kind of interesting because the listed starter. Okay, so at left tackle, Jacob Rammer started and played every snap at left tackle yeah. for this offense. Yeah. But Jordan Murray was listed as a starter at left guard, and I'm not sure if that was just a mistake or not because I'm trying to remember what I saw on that first drive. And I, I'm i pretty sure Woodward started on that first drive, so that's why I think it was a mistake. But Woodward definitely played for the majority, the majority of the snaps of the game, yeah. at left guard. So Murray, Murray pretty much didn't play. So that was my fifth takeaway as far as changes goes. What is, what's the biggest change to you? I don't know if there was a big change to me where it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, whatever. Uh, I think, and that I think one thing. I don't know if this struck you the same way as as you, but to me, whenever because they had offensive changes in the fourth quarter, 
Oh yes, they um, did. they had they ran out Kojo Young, Greg White, and Caleb Chumley for the last couple series or mm-hmm. some throughout the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I and we talked about the earlier we talked about like that men, the ment- mentality behind this team that we kind of feel like between the difference between last season and this season. And I'm wondering if Seth isn't changing out these people to kind of get a spark plug to go for this offense. Because they ran down and scored on that drive. They did. And Most I, of it was on the ground, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just saying, but Mason was completing passes in rhythm with those people, with those guys out there. Um, on, on those last few drives, obviously Rice has given up at this point. Yes. So uh, there's not a whole lot you can say, but I'm wondering if... You're talking about those last two scoring drives. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and they had Caleb Shumley, like I said, uh, Greg White, and uh, Kudjo Young. I don't, I don't remember who was in slot. Could have uh, just had Kelvin in if it was a run heavy set. Might have just had Kelvin. It, oh, it was it was it was Kelvin on the other side. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering. I mean, I don't want to say that this is like the, the big thing for me, uh, but I, I noticed it and I wanted to make a point of it because I've I haven't seen that at any point in this season, mm-hmm. especially when Mason's still in the game. Unless it was a complete blowout, right? Maybe. And but even then, I feel but like it, you but still even had it, Rico busting in them. In right. The game. I mean, in Arkansas, they were all still in and. Uh, Southern Miss, they were all still in. In SMU, they were all still in. And you'd obviously have like maybe for for incarnate word. W- yeah, they were all still in. But maybe for a couple series or a couple uh, plays, you'd have like Kudjo in as one of the receivers. But you'd still have Rico or Jalen on the other side. So I'm just wondering if this isn't Seth trying to you know get a spark. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Based on I, what I'm asking, <laughs> I, th- I think I think the thing we called for Jacob Brammer starting a left tackle last week. We called. We yeah. were like, we were yeah. like, hey, start him. You start the retro freshman. That's why you started. Yeah, just that's, yeah just that's exactly why. <laughs> Chuck Langston, the offensive line coach, is probably listening to us. <laughs> um, I thought that was huge. I want to know the status of Taylor Robinson and Nick Smith before I get in too deep about them and Ulausi. Uh But I mean, I think Jacob Brammer was obviously a huge thing uh, change, and I think he did well. So. I, yeah, I think it was super important to have him in. Game time always helps for sure. The um, I saw that. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention that we didn't mention, kind of going back all the way to the start of this podcast, was uh, the offensive line gave up three sacks to Rice. I did say that earlier. Yeah, but Rice you said had two in the first series. Two in the first series. Rice had six sacks the entire season coming into the game. That's bad. So, you had first eight games of Rice. They had six sacks. Get North Texas. They had three. Offensive line is still. The question mark of this offense. No matter how many drops the receivers have, no matter how many um, stuffed runs or QB draws Mason has, I mean, the offensive line is going to be the question mark of this offense. Still. Yeah. So that was that was a big thing for me. You got to see. I, I don't I don't keep up with the recruits or what whoever is like kind of just redshirted or whatever. Do you, is there anyone coming up? Because I know there's there's a couple have, seniors on this offensive line, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have Riley Mayfield, senior. Jordan Murray, senior. You have um, one of the Mosey brothers. I think one of them is. No, I think one's a fresh. No, one's a retro freshman. And the other's uh, either a retro junior. Yeah, one's a retro junior. Oh, okay. So you have both of them, and then Woody, I believe, is a junior as well. Don't hold me to the Woody one. Hold me to the other ones, but the okay. Woody one, I'm not positive. So, like, about. You, is there anybody that you see? Chandler Anthony and Jacob Brammer are the two guys that are gonna fill those spots next year, most likely. Okay. How well they're gonna do? I, I don't know. Jacob Brammer looks good, but he should be better next year as a retro sophomore. So, how many sacks North Texas have? I'm two. Look at that. 
So uh, I thought it was interesting because I was I was taking photos for Rice. So the guy was telling me everything. They had two starting uh, freshmen, on true freshmen line? on the offensive line. Hmm. They're left tackle and left guard. Hmm. So I'm wondering if we shouldn't have expected more pressure. I didn't even think about it till just now. Yeah, so. I mean, hmm. Yeah, me neither. The, uh, I mean, a lot of times though they just they line up in the eye so often. Yeah. And then you had and then you, you had, had wildcat and then you yeah, had the just, occasional pass. Yeah. So it was kind of. You expect the run a lot of times, and then when they go back to pass, it's like a you drop or it's 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 a different type of rush when yeah. you expect run than when you expect for pass. sure. So, um, how long are we at? About an hour. We're at an hour. I think we uh, um, think we have the we have we have a new segment, right? A oh, new that's thing. right. Okay, yeah, we can do this. We can do this segment. All right, that's all we had on the rice game. So let's let's get to this this segment. This is gonna be a fun segment. Um, did you did you want to guess guess the the twit the twit the, the tw- what are you saying the tweet? <laughs> guess the tweet or do you want to do uh just interesting tweets of the week mm. Mm. what do you want to do all right <laughs> i i have no clue how we're gonna do this okay let's Probably just do let's just do, this, let's just let's just do interesting tweets okay. we'll just read them off and we'll talk about them We'll react. Okay, well, I want you to guess who tweeted this. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It was one of the players that I mentioned that didn't play yesterday. Okay. All right, he tweeted, Godspeed with no uh, no space in between. Just period? Is there a period? Yes, with a period. Oh. Right there, seven favorites. Oh. So God he tweeted, speed. Godspeed last night at 8.30. He, he didn't play yesterday. Did not play. He's one of the players I mentioned that didn't play. Dang. Is it Nick it's Smith? Like, it narrows it down to like three people. No, wrong. All right. God it was... Uh, <laughs> Hold on, no, you, you, there's like three people you can guess. You can't just keep guessing. Okay, people. you go. You, it was Ulausi Tuwalo. Really? He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask me. I haven't. I've talked to him once. I think. Did you favorite it? No, I didn't. He had seven, seven favorites already when I uh, looked at this. At oh, you didn't want to give him a pity favorite? Not at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was late. So, anyways, he tweeted Godspeed. So, um, again, we don't know exactly what that means, but it's a kind of you know interesting tweet. What do you, what do you think it means? You think he'll be back next week, or do you think it means like, damn, Godspeed, like I need it. I think I think he'll be back next week, okay. or he'll, he'll be back whenever he's healthy. Well, that's not my question. Is he gonna be back? Is he gonna be healthy next week? How am I supposed to know what kind of injury he may or may okay, not you're have? You're right. You're right. Well, based on the tweet, but I, based on the tweet, I do not think there is some animosity. I just think it it probably pertains to something else. It has to pertain to his tweet, his injury. Right. I don't know what. It, what if it's just a rolled ankle or something? What if? What if he's saying Godspeed, like just good luck or something like that? Isn't that what it means? Godspeed. Yeah. Good luck. So. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have. So I I went back and actually found older tweets. So I'm sorry. Okay. Go Did, ahead. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna, I couldn't find any. I want you to guess this one because okay. I th- it's such okay. a this person would likes to say stuff. All like right. This. If you're playing, play along at home, folks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Abraham Lincoln. Jesus, can I get a hint? You no. Hear, you expect me just to pick from anybody on this okay, team? Okay, 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 okay. Give me it six is, hours to sharpen, to chop down a tree. And it is. Four I'm trying to think without giving this away. My, my first instinct is to just guess uh, Jalen Guyton, but it, he it doesn't is, tweet it a is, lot. Okay, include everybody. This is coaches, but it's it, it's narrow. I'll narrow it down to head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and it could be a player. Man, I don't think it's ref. That'd be interesting if it was ref, though. But I didn't know ref has a Twitter. So. Oh, he does. <laughs> okay. Oh, he does. So yeah, he took that one away. Okay. <laughs> oh, was it Latrell? 
It was Latrell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. <laughs> what a guy. Okay. What a, what a guy. All right, okay. read your other one. Okay, this one, you have to guess this one. Okay. It is one of the quarterbacks. Okay. Ten more Sundays till Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it Case and Martin? Yes. yes, it is Case, and, Case Martin. and Martin. Yes. Bro, if y'all don't Christmas. follow Case and Martin on Twitter, I don't it's, follow him. I went through his Twitter last God. night after seeing his dance, and I was like, "You gotta be this man's Twitter's gold." And what's crazy? Eighty-nine people liked it. Bro, Case and Martin and has clout. twenty-two retweets. Case and Martin has Twitter clout. Ten more Sundays till Christmas. I'm Ten. Case and Martin has. It's two two and a half months away. <laughs> Case and Martin has Twitter clout, man. I don't know what okay, to tell you. Let me Bro, see his I... dancing video last night got like three hundred favorites. That was my next one. I was gonna say, what what was your reaction to the I've been waiting all season <laughs> for this moment slash the Let me introduce a new dance to the nation, the Heisman. Bro, okay, so we did two dances. Just so everyone knows, he did the Heisman dance. So he stuck. I don't know how to describe it. Go he did the Twitter. Heisman pose during the dance. Basically, yeah. And then he did another dance where it was basically like he was a dolphin <laughs> coming out so of the funny. water. <laughs> and he was so excited. And he had everyone talking about that. Ren Baker, everybody. Um, I think it's great. I think we need more guys like Case and Martin on this team because Case and Martin is hilarious. We need guys like Case and Martin, Ashton Preston, who don't play, that just get everyone hyped. Future starting quarterback of the Mean Green. <laughs> yeah. That happens and he hits the Heisman after he scores a touchdown. Imagine. Then wins the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, Kaysen. Anyways, um, so yeah, that was my take on it. I have one more tweet. Okay. And it's a serious tweet. Oh. Oh, you mine are all fun and yours yeah. are all serious. No, we're, okay. we're, we're taking this down. Taking this down and Burning it down? Um, you're not going to be able to guess who this is, so I'm just going to tell you. No, 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 no. Let me try. It's a recruit. Okay. It might be one of the only, I think it's the only recruit you can name. Okay, name it, say him, or say the tweet, and then I'll, I'll let you know yes or no if I'm going to okay. be able to figure it out. I need to follow my heart. I think it's time to reevaluate and reconsider. The only recruit that I would know, is it that corner? Yes. I don't remember his name. Deshaun Gaddy tweeted that out. Uh, what is today? He saw that, he saw that 17 Yesterday 17. at 323, so that's about halftime. That's... That's about seventeen seventeen. Oh, that's when he was like seven. <laughs> yeah, seventeen. <laughs> the shot guy was watching the game and he was alarmed. No, I'm just kidding. No, we I'm, have no idea. I have no idea what he's saying. Yeah, of course. But, but he. Um, but recruits do decommit and recommit more than people think. Yeah, they leave it's, a lot. Yeah, so I would, was. I would say take this. Is, he just he just committed four weeks ago against Arkansas. Five weeks ago. But I don't six. think I don't think you should take this with a grain of salt because you had you know how many people I've seen decommit from like TCU or. Well, a lot of them leave. A lot of them commit to a different school. Right, and I understand that, but it's like, I'm saying that like there's no there's no like. What am I trying to think? I don't know. No, no big name school can keep a big name recruit just because of the school. If that makes sense. So I'm okay. saying like you know it happens. It, there's there's turnover. You're okay. not gonna you're not gonna keep everybody. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I just thought that was interesting. Okay. I need to follow my heart. I think it's time to reevaluate and reconsider. I like ten more days to <sighs> ten more Sundays till Christmas. Way better. Okay. Yes, that is true. All right. Anything else? You ready to get on this basketball podcast? Yes. Uh, for for anyone watching or listening to the SoundCloud, um, we will be doing a basketball pod. It should and be like right it, after this. It, 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 for those watching it live, it will be right after this. But normally it will be on Mondays 
Um, we're going to try it. We're going to stream it, but it's going to be at a, it's not going to be at a set time between six and eight on Mondays on Mondays Correct. until football season's over. And then we'll go Sundays. Then we'll do back, go back to Sundays. So, so you can write that down in your calendar. PSA, <laughs> Bernie's breakdown will be making its move to basketball in about 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. Let me go get some water and stuff. Agreed. We'll be good. Anyways, for those watching, thank you so much. For those listening, thank you so much. Please add us on Twitter and roast us because we love it. Um, and also, while you're watching the stream, for those of you that are listening on SoundCloud, please come to the stream and talk to us in chat. We'd be more than happy to respond and we answer, answer any questions. questions. Yes. Um, not none today, but we have had a couple of the last couple weeks. So. We have, usually. It's kind of weird.